Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. Rise and build. I love the month of rise and build. Our, um, our theme is surge uh, for this rise and build, which is about all of us moving together swelling in a wave-like volume or body of something, a sudden powerful forward or upward movement that God is building His church, that God is breathing on His church, and God is taking us unified into the future. And rise and build, if you're here and you're a visitor or you've come to this church but you've never been uh, through a rise and build month, rise and build is about advancing the church. Our tithes, our like weekly or You know, our giving in accordance with our income, which is our tithe, maintains the church and and keeps us going. It is the offerings of God's people that advance and project the church forwards into the destiny that God has for us. So Rise and Build Month is about teaching and preaching around the importance of the church and for us to be hearing the voice of God and moving with Him as He wants to move us forwards into the future. Part of the vision on this church is that we will build or buy our own property and we will own it freehold and that will be our gift to the next generation or the next bunch of leaders that take on C3 Church Topol. We are building a church for the generations and we're building a church for the nations. So this church will raise up the next generation and they will all some of them will go to far distant places of the earth preaching the good news, ministering to the poor, helping the needy. And uh, ministering, you know, being ministers of the gospel. So that doesn't just happen. It happens through us. And we could pray, Jesus, give us $3 million. Or we could pray, God, help me to be part of the solution. Help my part make up the great miracle. Because God is able, but, you know, are we willing? Or are we obedient? Or are we, are we ready to go on that journey with them? And Rise and Build is about us praying and seeking God about how we can partner with the miracle that He is wanting to do in and through His local church. And we're going to do it this month. At the end of the month, we take what we call a miracle offering where everyone gives over and above. or They they pledge to give over and above their regular giving over the course of a year, extra amount, $1,000, $2,000, $10,000, $40,000 over and above if you end up. If you give this month, it's in March. If you give before March 31st, you'll get what you give this month added to your giving rebate, which will come real quickly. So you can do the math on 33% of whatever you give, and you just give it back, re-sow it. Let's go there. What if you just re-sowed your giving rebate from this year? And what if, this is what, so people I've found, excuse me? What we've found is people are really keen to go on this journey of faith, but they often be like, I don't know how to do it or how it looks, and am I walking in faith? And it comes from a good-hearted desire to move with God and to hear from God and to be a conduit you know, of God's Holy Spirit and finance here on earth, because you know, if He can get it through us, He'll get it to us. Uh, so people ask, like, how, I, don't, I don't know if I'm stepping out in faith, I don't know if X, Y, Z, and so my you know, advice to you is this, you don't have to use it, but this is my advice, 
whatever your giving rebate is, re-sow it and then pledge to give that much again over the course of the year, you'll immediately find yourself projected into the faith zone. So whatever you, whatever you have coming in from your, your year's giving, you've already given it, just re-sow it. It might be two, $3,000, $10,000, whatever. Re-sow it and then say, God, I'm going to pledge over the next 12 months to give that much again as I can. And then next year you do it again and you kind of see the exponential curve of where things go with the collective. But um, Deuteronomy 8 says this. God is wanting to create a home for his people. When you walk into our home, the first thing you walk into is Lego under your feet. (laughs) No, it's not quite that bad. But when you walk into your home, your place of dwelling, there's things in that place that say something about you as a household or about you as a person or a family that is unique to who you are. It's because it's your place, the way it's painted, the way it's decorated, um, the the, the decor, you may have young children, you may be retired. A lot of things about where you live communicate to someone about who you are. It may even communicate about the, your income bracket you live in, depending on the part of town that you live in and how big your house is. This all communicates about us to other people. And God is wanting a home for his people, not just for the sake of having a home, because it's a message to others. It's a message that communicates from God to his church, that communicates to a community who God is and what God is like. So when people walk into our church, they meet people at the car park, they meet people at the door, they meet people at these doors, and they meet people in the service, and it communicates to a visitor what this church is like, but it communicates what God is like. God is inclusive. God is loving. God is welcoming. God has a place for them in this church. That our house is not simply just a, a home. It's a, it's a means of communication to tell people what God is like. Is God a generous God, or is He stingy? Is God a legalistic, cruel God? Or is God a loving, grace-filled God? Is God um, generous? Is God peaceful? Is God... And He communicates through us to His other sons and daughters who aren't quite yet here with us yet. So in Deuteronomy 8, there's this passage of Scripture where God is taking His nation, Israel, to their home. And their home looks a certain way. Their home is prepared for them in advance. And their home is to communicate to the nations about who they are, but also about who their God is. That God is not setting them up for disaster. He is not setting them up for defeat. He's not setting them up to live a small, miserly, I can only look after myself life. But God was setting up his nation Israel to be the the, the light of the world to be the ones who brought the Messiah, Jesus Christ himself, into the earth. That they'd be a blessed nation and that all nations should be blessed through them. And God is building his church on the earth. And God is building his church here in Toport through C3 Church and many other great churches. But our church, our people, and even our building says something to the community about who God is. Is the paint falling off the walls? You know, is it all broken down? Or is it together, well looked after? Does it look good? Does it feel good? 
because it communicates to people an element of God that otherwise they may not get. Yes, God is spiritual and, you know, makes his home inside us, but he also calls us together as a church and as a people that as a collective we can communicate to the world about who God is. Not just, yes, this is my God, but he is our God. And how does that work? We're all so different, but he's pulled us together. So he says this, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today. Why? God always has your best interests in heart. He's not, you're not following his commands to please him. You're following his commands to live a good life. It's not hoops to jump through. God says, follow every command I'm giving you so that you may, so that Something in your life is going to change. It's not going to put a, you know, a chalk in the heavenly you know, realms like this person's behaving, they're obeying my commands. No, no. He's saying, if you, I'm, I'm giving you commands for your own good. I'm setting you up for a great life. I'm setting you up to win and succeed in life. He says, I'm giving you so that you may live. That's a great start. Obey his commands so that you may live. Not just live, because Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have life abundantly. Have more life than you had before, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. So when we read live, it's not just great, I get to survive. No, I get to thrive in life. Obeying these commands sets us up to thrive in life. He says, and you may increase, that the increase of Christ's government shall know no end. That he is the ever-increasing deity, the ever-increasing God. And when we align our worlds with his worlds, we also align ourselves with the ever-increasing prosperity, the ever-increasing grace, the ever-increasing abundance that is God's kingdom. He is not in a shrinking kingdom. Ever since he said, let there be light, it has been expanding at the speed of light. So that we may increase that you can't meet someone else's need through your lack, but you can meet someone else's need through your abundance. And that increase is not for the sake of ourselves, increase is for the sake of humanity, that God's people would be a source to the world, not a drain on the world, that we'd supply and look after and meet needs, not create needs. Follow my commands that you may live, that you may increase, and that you may enter and possess the land that the Lord has promised an oath to your ancestors. When we obey the commands of God, we enter the promises that he has for us. And he's setting you up. Rise and build, all of us here together, to build the church. It is God setting us up to then inherit what he has already promised for us. For we receive the promises of God, not through the works of the flesh, but through faith. But faith is not an not a actionless word. Faith always has action attached to it. By faith, we read the great book um, in Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham, X, Y, Z. By faith, by faith, by faith. All the great, all the great men and women who have gone before us, their faith was action through works. And Rise and Build is about us all rising up in faith. And one of the great vehicles God has given us in the Western world to exercise faith with is our finance. Like it's either our vehicle or our golden calf, right? Finance is either our vehicle or our golden calf. 
It's given to us from God to steward and look after and to use to glorify Jesus Christ, not to be worshipped. When Moses went up the mountain to get the commands, the people built a golden calf to worship. But he says he's got a place in store, a home for his people. And they were living on the other side of the Jordan River in a desert. And he said, what I have in store for you is not more of the same, but it's going to be totally different. You're going to live, you're going to prosper, and you're going to enter the promises that I've given to your ancestors far before. Obedience is the pathway into the promises of God. That's where it couples up with faith. And someone, like someone was saying, someone else's miracle is on the other side of our obedience. As we build the church, as we expand the church, as we together collectively rise and build to see God's glorious church advance on this earth, what we're doing is we're just making room for other people. We're making room for your family members, your work colleagues, the total strangers that walk through the doors. This is why we rise and build, because someone else needs us to. Someone needs us to get hold of our promises because their promises are attached to our promises. It's like the celestial jigsaw puzzle, all the parts coming together to make up the picture that is God's glorious kingdom displayed here on earth through us and through his church. And as we do this, as we partner together, each part doing its part, the whole body is joined, it grows, and it rises into its fullness under Christ Jesus. Each part, it's not about, you know, doing off a, ta- a, a spreadsheet and being like, if we all, you know, give this much, we'll be great. No, no, it's about each part doing its part, each seeking God and stepping out in faith with what God has asked of us to do to see his church advance. But he wanted a home for his people and he had prepared a home for his people. It was no no longer going to be living in makeshift tents in the wilderness because God says this later in Deuteronomy. It says, um, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when you, your herds and flocks grow large, your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land. He led you through the fast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty land. He brought you water out of the hard rock. He gave you manna. And he says this, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands has produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And this confirms his covenant, which he sought war to your ancestors as it is today. God has no problem with you prospering. God has no problem with you living an abundant, blessed, overflowing life. But what the caution is, he says, when you begin to live that life, don't forget me in that life. Don't think that you're the one who got yourself here. Don't think that it was your intelligence, your wisdom, your smarts that, that built up this empire for you. He's saying, remember me, not just in your poverty, but remember me in your riches and in your wealth. And I'd say in New Zealand and in Topo, we're living in fine houses. We've got finance. We've, we're living in the promise that God has given us. And Rise and Build is our time to remember how gracious and how good the hand of God has been upon our lives that we may then pass it on and continue to see others added to what God already has in store for them. But there's a 
there's a pathway for us to walk and there's a process to go through. The very word surge or the, the picture of a wave, it is caused by the wind not just blowing across the water, it's actually caused by friction. That's what happens when the wind hits the water, it creates friction. Like when you put your brakes on in the car, they get hot because of friction. When the wind blows across the water, there's friction that takes place that causes a ripple, which causes a wave, which causes a surge, which reaches the land. And we can't run away from the friction. We can't avoid the friction. We can't, we got to take this stuff head on. What does the Bible tell me about my responsibilities as a believer? What does my Bible tell me about sowing and reaping? What does my Bible tell me about finances? And if this month is causing friction in you, I'm, I'm somewhat pleased because you need to figure this stuff out. You need to dive into your Bible and find out what you actually believe and what God tells us to do as his sons and his daughters here on earth. Because friction is the best thing for us. It was friction that got them into the promises. Forty years looking across the Jordan River to a land that they were not allowed to go to. Friction, pressure, patience gave made way for them into the promised land. It's like a butterfly coming out of a chrysalis. If you interfere with that process, the butterfly will be rendered useless to fly. Because even though it has to come out of the most painfully small hole, struggling and fighting and resting and struggling and fighting and wrestling and repeating it painstakingly slow, over the course of a day or however long it takes, it is that very process that enables the butterfly to fly. It's the pressure of that butterfly being forced through or having to make its way through that tiny hole that forces all the, the, the life source of the body out into the wings. Without the pressure, there wouldn't be enough force on the butterfly to push the fluid out into the wings to allow the wings to develop. But because of the pressure, because of the struggle, because of the, the wrestle and the time and, the, and it not giving up on getting through that tiny opening in the end of that chrysalis, that is the very thing that enables the butterfly to take flight. When it comes for, to us to rise in and build, and we can't shrink back or shy away from the, the pressure or the weight or, or the, you know, the perceived, I'm not sure how I'm, I'm going to do this. We've got to lean into it and allow the miracle to begin to take place around our life because we're stepping out into the miracle zone. And it's the pressure and it's the struggle and it's the strain and it's the, it's the weight of responsibility that is the making of us. It is that very thing that brings us to life. If you ask anyone who drives those large trucks up and down the, the highways, those ones with like the big curtain sides on them, they're best when they're full. When they're empty, they blow all over the road. They aquaplane on the wet surface because they don't have any weight to hold them on the ground. You put 50 ton in one of those trucks, that'll go the best it's ever gone goes around the corners, true, doesn't get blown around the road, the, the surface doesn't affect it, 
because it's got weight in it. And as a believer, the very best thing for us is the responsibility that God wants to put on us. And the responsibility God wants to put on us is not to break us, it's to make us. The responsibility God wants to put on you is not to, not to suffocate you, it's to bring you to life. It's to make you realize what you are truly capable of. That's why the Israelites went across into the promised land. They, they were actualized in the face of the enemy. That is when the nation came alive. The first city, Jericho. What an impossibility. Obedience saw that city fall. The second city, Ai, they disobeyed God and it, over, and it overthrew them. Don't worry about the bigness of what God is asking you to do. Focus on the bigness of God. This month, when He requires of you, I want you to give this much over and above. I want you to, to sow into the future of my church like this. Don't think, God, God, it's too big. Just think, God, thank you for the compliment that you see me even capable of doing something this great. Thank you for the compliment that you say that I'm able, that I could actually bring this kind of, that's what the King David said. Who am I and who are our people that we could bring in such a great offering? That's in First Chronicles. Who are we to do such a great thing? Surely, God, all this provision has only first come from you. Faith drags heaven to earth. Faith tears the veil open. Faith walks out of what is now and steps into what is going to be. We're called to walk by faith and not by sight. This is one of the greatest months for you to experience the miracle working power of God over your finances and through your life. And God has a good place for us, and He is 100% high, 100% behind what He says He will do. So much so, He's prepared us for when He does what He said He would do. That's what He's saying to them in the end of Deuteronomy 8 here. When you're living in the reality of what I've said, don't think it was you that got you there. He's so confident he's already preparing his people for when it happens. When what I've said happens, this is what your response will be, but this is what your actual response needs to be. He is so faithful. He is so able. And he is so ready and he is so willing to move in and through his people. And my heart for you this month is that you'd surrender yourself to the will of God for your life, that you'd obey what He commands or what He requires or what He asks you to do, and you'll truly start to walk in to the promises that He has over your life. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.